Hello and welcome back to the show. This is I Don't Deserve a Podcast, Episode 4, Center Stage, Standing Room Only. Hey guys, Luke Peters here. I want to apologize for a few things in this episode. One, it hasn't been mixed and mastered by Nikki Thay, who's been doing all the other episodes and will be doing all the other episodes, because I didn't get it to her in time. So it's just me. It's going to be a little more raw than you're used to. But I just wanted to give you guys that heads up. And I'm sorry for the later release date as well, kind of under the same loop. Uh, Before we get started in the episode, I kind of want to talk about that a bit, um, about the idea of time management. When you're in freelance and when you're making your own time, making your own schedules, a lot of people think the first issue is going to be, oh, I have to budget my time in regards to keeping busy. So if you don't have any client work, having to keep yourself busy, being like, okay, today I'm working on scheduling, today I'm working on my personal brand, today I'm working on Instagram posts, or so on and so forth. But another side of it is knowing what you can and can't do, and stretching yourself too thin. I just finished up a project uh, for a production company, and there were a lot of really long nights because I hadn't been on top of it and I had been putting priority to other things. So just wanted to give you guys that little tip. Um, Make sure that you budget your time. Figure out what you can and can't do and, and agree to projects that not only inspire you, but inspire you to have a good work ethic for yourself. Okay, just wanted to get that out of the way. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Sorry if it doesn't sound as amazing as it usually does. Uh, Nikki will be back editing the next episode uh, and hopefully the ones after that if she doesn't get too tired of my my shit. All right, have a great day, guys, and enjoy the episode. This is a really good one with Aiden Morris. It's Luke Peters again for I Don't Deserve a Podcast. I don't deserve a podcast, but I hope that you guys will give this one a listen because we've got a really amazing guest with us today. Uh, she's an old friend of mine. Uh, she's an actress, singer, uh, dancer, and model. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Aiden Morris. Hello. Thank you for coming on the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. So you might not be like a household name but i'm sure people may have seen you around if they're an avid playgoer where do you perform usually uh i perform a lot at the lower osington theater mm-hmm. uh, i'm currently in my seventh show wow. there right now i did i started three and a half oh god yeah three and a half years ago doing joseph and the amazing technicolor dreamcoat uh, i've done since i've done west side story sister act the remount of sister act annie the producers, Rocky Horror, and now 9 to 5, the musical. So I want to chat with you because you've been doing, you kind of had that whole gambit of, um, I guess, like being in the spotlight in regards to modeling, in regards to uh, singing and acting. Uh, can you talk about kind of like the, when did you first kind of want to get into that that field? Um, I mean, I've been dancing since I was five years old. Mm. And I think I always... I always liked performing. I always liked being the center of attention. Um, and I think I knew when I was like a teenager, I did a lot of, when you're growing up, you can always sort of, you get thrown into dance competitions and you and or you get thrown into exams. Yeah. And I sort of did both. 
and there was one year I did an exam with a, another girl in my class. It was just the two of us, and our teacher wanted to reward us because we did so well on this exam. So at the end of the year recital, we did a number from Anne of Green Gables. Okay. And I got to play Anne, mm -hmm. and I got a big solo. Like, I started the show uh, with, like, a two-minute dance by myself. Yeah. And everybody was always like, aren't you nervous? Aren't you nervous? Aren't you nervous? And I said, I was like, no, I'm just excited. I want to go out there. I want to tell this story. I want to act. I want to dance. And I think that was really the moment where I was like, this is what I like to do. Yeah. And being on stage and, you know, telling a story and doing all that, that's what I really love to do. And was there ever a point where you got and did a show and you were like, yeah, I do not... Was there ever like a low point? Did you ever hit a low point where you're like, I don't want to do this. Like this is this is too much. Um, honestly, not really. Uh, the closest I I have come is sort of recently. Um, I like I don't want to rag on any particular thing I've done, but there are certain gigs that are harder than others. Yeah. Um, it, people in when you're a performer, you sort of find your niche in performing. Yeah. Um, and. People love doing kids shows and entertaining for children. Not me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I do it. Uh, it. It tends to be well paying. Yeah. And, it, you know, I'd rather do that than any other work. You yeah. know, I'd rather do a kids show, perform a kids show than working a day at my restaurant, even though my restaurant's really great. Yeah. Um, but sometimes doing the kids shows can be tough. Yeah. It, like can, it can be hard to get up that energy and... Just because they're not, the reason you do them is for the kids. Yeah. The art of it is not very fulfilling. No. Because, you know, the telling the story of Thomas the Tank for the millionth time is like, n it's not the most artistically fulfilling thing in the world. So those, yeah. those days can, those days can wear on sometimes. Yeah. Like I'll, um, like I'm an, I do a lot of illustration and a lot of um, uh, like videography. And so I find like. I totally agree with you. Even if you're just still in the field, mm -hmm. it's still more fulfilling than like working a day job. But Absolutely. still it does drain you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, especially when it's like it's I, I've performed outside in the dead of winter in freezing rain yeah. with chipmunks and with Alvin and the chipmunks. <laughs> and I've performed in the the heat of July and August under the beating sun yeah. outside. And so doing children's shows and everything in between so yeah. it, they can definitely they can definitely drain you but it's still way easier to get up and go do that than to go do a day job i you know i always know that like if i just perform the way i know how to perform everything's gonna be fine yeah exactly because you know you, you at this point you know what you're doing yeah i've yeah i've literally been on stage since i was six so yeah. i you know I'm, I'm not scared of a crowd and holding no. their attention anymore <laughs> yeah because it's really funny that's like, my favorite thing so. yeah exactly like i think it's really funny because it's like how long ago did we were you going through the second city stuff like the improv stuff four years like th three like four? three three almost like this summer will be four yeah so like three four yeah because it's like i i chat a lot about a lot of my guests have kind of been like through some of the improv stuff as well mm -hmm. and it's like because you had already been performing for so long did you find that the improv stuff helped you anyway? Like, how did it help? How did it, it change? It definitely helped because um, I still sometimes get nervous when I have to, uh, like, performing vocally in front of people. Yeah. Because, like, again, dancing, I've done it for a bajillion years. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not afraid of moving and, like, smiling and 
capturing people's attention that way. Yeah, of course. But like speaking can still sometimes hang me up a little bit, yeah. if, especially if I don't know what I'm doing. So the improv definitely helped me with that because you have to talk, you have to say things in front of people and have no preparation. Yeah. And I remember, I remember a huge breakthrough moment actually in improv. Um, I think it was actually the class we took together. Yeah. And it was like a like the the rule that everybody knows about improv is yes and. Yeah. But the next step of that was yes and why. Yeah. And so we were doing this exercise where like one person was in the middle and somebody on the out everybody else was on the outside and they would have to throw like a comment or an idea into the like start a scene just into the center person. Yeah. And that person would just have to go with it. Yeah. And I got stuck in this routine of like, uh-huh, yeah, let's do that. And getting on board, but I never furthered it. Yeah, you never added. I never it, added. Yeah. And so the teacher was like, just kept yelling, why, 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 why? Like, he was like, yes, and, but he's like, continue, like, yeah, you keep, keep going, going keep it. going, keep going. And somebody threw out, the next time somebody threw something at me, uh, he said something like, mom, I need a new Nintendo. And I said, like, okay, honey, just for you, I'll go work on the streets one more night or something like that. And that yeah. was, like, my... The click. The click moment of, like... Because I remember feeling in my brain, yeah, we need a new Nintendo. Why? What do I have to do? What like It's really interesting because I think that that carries out true a lot of uh, the media and, like, the, the arts industry is that idea of what do you contribute mm -hmm. and what are you going to do that's better than maybe another actress, maybe someone else who's auditioning. Everyone is different. Yeah. And the fact that you are you mm -hmm. is what you have to bring. Yeah, for and sure. And what you have to believe in. Yeah. So that's... Yes, I'm one of a million white people, but I'm still the only me. Oh, So... I love that. Yeah. That's such a great... That's such a great, um, like, way to look at it. And I think that a lot of people get in that, that habit of... It's like, it's like when you start a YouTube channel. It's like there is so much content that's being put out at all times everyone can film a movie but not everyone should absolutely where were you from before uh, i'm from ottawa originally and did you find a, a a shift when you got to toronto in regards to the work oh yeah yeah i mean i i came straight out of high school i came here okay i mean well i took a year off because i was finishing a ballet exam and i just didn't have any money to go to school mm. and i didn't want to do the osap thing so i stayed in Ottawa, I did the ballet exam, and I just saved enough money to go to school. Yeah. And so I moved here to go to George Brown for dance. And, um, yeah, it was a huge, I mean, it was a huge shift. And mostly it was just because I like Toronto so much more yeah. than where I grew up. And because I just, I was so starved for culture and experiences. Because where I grew up was very safe and great for you know not getting into trouble and not yeah you know having to worry about uh crime uh but it was also very devoid of culture yeah you know the house two doors down from me was the exact same house and i was in a neighborhood of just all cookie cutter houses down the street yeah. from a catholic school with a big soccer field you know it was all it was lovely but i was surrounded by a thousand houses there was the, the closest stores were you know a, a 20 minute walk yeah and even those were walmart and jack astor's and 
you know, Loblaws and all the yeah. big chain things. You're not were. getting a lot of, of uh, range in that no, way. No, exactly. And so, and even the, like, you know, the next communities over from me were identical ones to mine. Yeah. So it, you know, if I wanted to see anything interesting, I had to take a bus an hour and a half to get to the center of Ottawa. Yeah. You know, which... So, and even then it's Ottawa. And even then it's Ottawa and there's like two roads down there that are cool and there's the and that's it. Yeah. So, you know. Well, it's really interesting cuz it's like we we're, we keep landing on this idea of storytelling, which mm. I think is a really not where I thought this episode was going, but I'm really happy that it is <laughs> because I think that that's something that's really when you don't have a lot of life experiences, yeah. it's hard to tell your story i guess absolutely you, it's like almost like you you start your world with a black and white picture of yourself and everyone every of your experience is just coloring that picture yeah. until it's done and that's why i'm like that's why i can't be that mad at all the not that i've ever thought to be mad about any of it but there was a a point where you know i i wished i hadn't done burlesque for as long as i did yeah i wished i had tried to get into the musical theater faster but I, I, I stopped saying that and I stopped forgetting that very quickly because it taught me so many things that I don't think I would have learned anywhere else. Yeah. And it it, it, it it colored my story so much and it colored who I am so much. And it, it made me a better performer. It made me a smarter performer and gave me so many skills that I'm so glad that I have now. And I wouldn't... Like, yes, I'm now you know, probably four years late, later than I wanted to be in my musical theater career. Yeah. But I'm such a smarter performer now. Yeah. That I, I don't think I would have been, even if I had started musical theater right out of school, I still don't think I would be any further along than I am now. Yeah, I think that that's a really interesting idea because it's like, I found that with improv, like I was producing a lot with improv, but the thing is with improv, it's like the audience is all performers. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to get like authentic audience out of it. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting because it's like you have to promote yourself so hard. Oh my God, yeah. And it's the same thing with burlesque a little bit. Absolutely. It's like you're not having the same outreach as you, as you are. Like it's usually in bars and stuff like that. Yep. So it's like you have this idea of like you put yourself in a really hard position and it's fun and it's exciting and you're working really hard but then when you get to the stuff that you're like really okay this is what i want to do you have these skills where it's like no, no 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 don't hire them i can do this this is my demo reel don't look at their stuff this is what i have i have my business card in every single one of my pockets of my pants mm -hmm. so whatever i put on i always have it there because mm -hmm. i'm like you have to promote yourself so hard yeah. when you're in the arts especially in a city like toronto where it's like people like you who are coming from a different city even 10 years ago it's like a constant occurrence it's like you now have all these people from all over like the gta yeah. or all of ontario all over canada coming to this city to perform like mm -hmm. hey look at me hey look at me it's like whoever's the biggest sign that's who you're gonna get who's gonna get hired you know what i mean yeah uh yeah and yeah exactly every year there's new kids graduating out of schools and yeah the, you know the the registration for Musical theater programs keeps going up and up and up, and the, it's it's not like the jobs are getting any more. No. You know what I mean? And so, it, you know, luckily it seems that musical theater is sort of making a resurgence in popular culture right now. Oh, for sure. Which is super cool, thanks yeah. to 
you know, thanks to shows like Hamilton and Mean Girls and Dear Evan Hansen, and yeah. especially since Dear Evan Hansen just got here and Come From Away has done a huge thing for yeah, Canadian musical really theater. Well. Yeah, you know, the fact that it doesn't have an end date mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah, it's surreal. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and it's like you, you look at those successes as almost your own successes. Yeah, and, you know, and you even look at Dear Evan Hansen, the fact that that, yes, it's an American show, but they did hire an all-Canadian cast. Yeah. That's huge. That's amazing. And we were all terrified that they wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you knew knew about how they cast that show at all. No. Their casting lasted nine months for that show. Okay. It was insane. Yeah. So I got asked to do a self-tape for that show back in April of last year. Okay. Almost a year ago now. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I... I don't really fit that show super super well yet. I'm yeah. a little bit, I'm a little bit too old to play the teen. I'm well, I'm definitely too old to play the teenagers, and I'm a little bit too young to play the moms. But anyways, and that's the basic cast, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the female parts in that show. There's, yeah, there's teenagers and there's moms. Um, but for the role of Evan, they had like twelve rounds of open calls to try and find Evan. Jeez. And the last one in October of last year. So. Through, they started in April. That was their first round of invited yeah. invited calls, so and invited tapes and auditions, yeah. and that kept going, kept going, kept going, until and in like I want to say like June of last year, they did their like they did a few open calls, still yeah. looking for Evan. Yeah, and all summer kept having open calls, and they kept they went from Toronto, then they went to Hamilton and GTA, then they went to Vancouver, then they went to. Montreal, Ottawa, Calgary uh, did another Toronto. I think they did a Halifax too. Like they did every major city in Toronto, in yeah. Canada, looking for an Evan for, sure. for months and months and months. And it took forever. And the last open call they did in October, they opened it worldwide. And we all got really nervous because we went, great, this is going to be their excuse to hire an American. And we were all really nervous about it. Um, but then they didn't. They hired a guy from Stratford to play Evan. Yeah. And we were all like, oh, Great. So you you did manage to hire an all-Canadian cast. Yeah. So that was a bit of a, like, okay. Because we were really worried that that was, like, they were like, oh, they're having this many auditions to show that they can't find a Canadian to play Evan, and they're going to go to the States. And it doesn't look good on on creatives. It doesn't look good on Canada. Mm, Yeah. Well, also, I think that whole rehearsal, that that audition process left a bit of a bad taste in most performers' mouths, just because, like, to string people along for that long is really but it's, it's also, really unnecessary and it's i know also like would like is it like did they see that many bad evans and that's why well that's uh, that's exactly it i think i think in the end it's a bit better than everybody thought it was going to be everybody yeah. during this process everybody was really nervous everybody was really anxious and you know we're like they're just they're stringing everybody along and they're gonna hire an american anyways this is so dumb blah 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 um and I knew that the st- the casting director was getting really frustrated. Oh, for sure. The casting director was like, "I've shown them everyone. I don't know what they want anymore. They yeah. just keep saying no, yeah. and they just keep saying let's keep going." Can you imagine being in that role? Like, I no three months. No, I could in, not. Three months in, and then you're like, "Okay, like, like, okay." So very much the same kind of stream, but nerding it up a little bit um, for solo. They mm. they did audition. I think they interviewed or they auditioned like I have to remember the number, but it was like a ridiculous amount. Like it was months and months of them looking for it. And they ended up taking the first person they saw. Yeah. And 
I I have a suspicion that they the guy that they ended up picking they they saw him quite early. Yeah. Just because he at the time I mean he's a he's a Stratford guy. He's been at Stratford for a few years now. Yeah. Like there's no way he wasn't on the first round of, of people yeah. that y- you're going to see, exactly. you know, for a lead role in this yep. country. So I I I don't know. I don't know him personally mm. and I don't I don't think I know any, I might know one or two people that even know him. Yeah. So but I, I have a hard time believing that it was that they didn't see him early. That it wasn't like and he got he, strung. He got strung along for nine months. Yeah. And Can got, you imagine though, oh like God. nine months of like beating yourself, like oh man, I could have done better. I could have been better. And then you get it, and yeah. you're just like, okay, okay, so I'm doing this now. I mean, honestly, the best thing after you do uh, to do after an audition is forget about it. Yeah. So then, if you do get the audition, you're like, oh, amazing! I forgot. I you know whatever. I completely forgot about that. Lucky yeah. me, I got this part. Um, and, um, and then if you don't get it, you sort of forget about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it was, and I, like, I have other friends of mine, other male friends that they, you know, they flew back and forth to New York for rounds and rounds and, yeah. you know, that, that and obviously, hard that obviously gets like, your hopes yeah. up. and obviously that like they pay for all the expenses and everything, but you know, you still get your hopes up, you know, yeah. you do five rounds of a callback. You, you think it's, that's usually a good sign. Yeah. Um, but also, I think the 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 positive thing to take away from the fact that they saw that many people is that they saw that many people. Yeah. I think, you know, instead of stringing everybody along, what they really were doing was finding Canadian talent and yeah. seeing as many people as they could. And making sure which it's is good. A, which is a positive thing because, yeah. you know, these kids in Calgary, Vancouver, Ottawa, Montreal may not have ever been seen by these people if they didn't have this many open yeah calls. and if it's a casting so that's director cool. that's running all that you get into the point where she it's gets like, to see them too yeah and then the so thing is, is like cool. oh i have the perfect person for b if b chill comes to canada which please make it happen be more chill so i have no what is that it's uh it's I'm about, a bad theater nerd just okay, by the way so my my um my one of my really close friends my girlfriend uh basically was like hey you have to check out this play and or this musical and it's like high school uh, mental illness it's really cool and it's super nerdy and like super like 8-bit it's it's really cool be more chill and so they just they were off broadway and so they just got on broadway i think in their one of their first shows was in on valentine's day okay. of last year or of this year i guess and I got tickets for it and then realized how expensive New York was and then immediately sold those tickets. No, Luke. I was oh. like, oh, my God, because I did the math and it would be about like two grand about just to like be there for like the day and the plane ticket really? and everything. Yeah. Like it got it adds up for two I, people. Yeah, I guess if you're well, yeah, if you're paying for the whole thing for two people, because I went with my best friends last year for yeah. like two days. OK. And we spent about 500 bucks each. That was tickets included, hotels included, everything included. Really? Yeah. Maybe I just didn't do enough research. Maybe. I think it was also... We also stayed in, like, the sketchiest hotel. Yeah. So... I mean, I would have been fine with that. I was just more along the lines of, like... I was like, we'll take the train. It'll be great. And it's like... Right. We fl- we flew down and we bust back. Yeah. So the bus back, obviously, was, like, $30. Like, it was super cheap. But I honestly um, would be... I mean not to continue on this tirade but i think that would have been a great time but it like uh, oh my god it was it was a really good time but that bus is tiring as fuck but oh, like, yeah, after, like after two days in new york you don't give a shit yeah so, honestly yeah yeah um but yeah no and i think the the last kind of point i wanted to bring up was talking about kind of the the whole point of this podcast is talking about that imposter syndrome talking about 
um kind of like the fear so you have like it's like three big big points out of it it's the the fear of 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 failure it's the depression that comes with creating and then it's also the perfectionism like you become Mm. so obsessed with Mm. creating something perfect that you never actually make anything i think it's harder when you're in the like the more theater stuff because it's like you audition if you get it you're you're making it it's not like you just like drop out yeah um and i am not like i'm a you know i'm an artist i'm a you know i'm a performer i am not the biggest creator in Mm. the world i you know I love telling stories, but I'm not very good at coming up with stories to tell. Okay. So I have never tried to put anything on myself. Um, I've never tried to produce a show on my own or produce my own show. Yeah. Um, yet, maybe I will in the future. Mm. Um, but the, you know, the still the worry and the doubt of the success is always there. Yeah. And especially the older you get, the harder it is to to do all that self-belief that it takes to can that it takes to be a good performer. Yeah. Because if you don't believe in yourself and you're not confident, you're not going to do well at the audition. No. But it's integral that you do. So it's integral that you do, but the longer you keep going and the more jobs you don't get can a job after job after do- job you don't get, the harder it is to yeah. still believe in yourself. And I, I don't even know if I have an answer for that other yeah. than just keep going. Well, that's the thing. Is you know? It is just keep going. Like, I have a buddy who is really um, wants to go into radio. And that's not easy. No. You can't. And the thing is, is as well, is it's going back to our original idea where it's like, if you want to go into musical theater, if you want to do all this stuff, you have to kind of spend the time doing other stuff to build it up to that. Yeah. You can't get a job in radio right now. I think like if you really like tried super hard, but it's like, you're going to get turned down at every single which way, because it's like, you're going up against people who have been in the media industry for 20 years Mm -hmm. and are looking for something easier basically, Mm -hmm. or, or something different, let's say. Yeah. So it's like, you go to all these editions, you go to all these editions and I'm seeing him feel, um, not like worn down, but like defeated. It's, it's, it's hitting him. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is like, you need to have that moment of like, this isn't working, but it's still the dream. It's still the goal. Yeah. And for me, whenever I hit a block like that, I love to change up my training a little bit. Yeah. Um, as a, as a, musical theater person your training is never done no even as an actor no matter what kind of a performer you are your training is never done yeah so you know i hit that a few years ago and i went and did improv yeah and then i hit that again about another year ago and i did film and tv because i'm like okay if this isn't working what other performance what other ways of performing can i do that are going to make me happy yeah and make me feel successful in my career really that's a really interesting thing to think about it's like when you 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 pivot to keep the motivation going keep that energy up because like yes my first skills were in dance but what else what other branches of that tree exist and yeah. what can you link that to and i was a yes i like a, was a trained dancer and i was physically a pretty good dancer but i was also i knew i was also a good actor because yeah. I, I knew i liked to tell a story through dance i wasn't just a physical let's do a bunch of twirls and and stuff like i liked to like, you know, if somebody gave me a character to do in a dance, that's what was my favorite thing. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, like maybe. And so I was like, 
I was like, let's get more into acting then. And so I delved into film and TV training. And I discovered that I really love doing that as well and performing in that way. And I was surprised because I wasn't sure I was going to like it yeah. because it is such a different medium and it is such a different skill. For sure. But it's still really fun. Well, it's like like you were telling me like you're in the TV adaptation of what we do in the shadows. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. And like you were telling me about like the process. So tell me about like, so was that a really big jump for you then? Is that your first big one? That was, yeah, that was a huge jump for me. That was my first big one for sure. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, I've done a few commercials, but this was the first TV thing I've ever done. And it was the first thing with... There was the first time auditioning for this particular casting director. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that it went well was super awesome. Yeah. And I didn't even I didn't even audition for the role I got, which was also cool. Yeah. Was it a bigger role? No, it was um, it was about the same size. It was about the same size. But um, it still means that the casting director liked me enough to fight for me. Yeah. To be put in another role, which is super cool because she def definitely did not have to do that. No. At all. <laughs> and so thank you very much. That was awesome. And um, so like, yeah, that was um, that was a moment where I was like, oh, yes, it's finally happening. Like th it was like those steps are so huge. And um, yeah, to have that big credit. Yeah. Under your that's, belt. That's my that's my first big credit of anything that I've yeah. ever done. So I did one other movie. Um, a few years ago, it was, uh, it's something very close to my heart. It was from my cabaret company, yeah. a girl from my burlesque troupe wrote this story, okay. uh, then turned it into a film, directed it and it's, it did very well. It premiered at Canadian film festival or sorry, it opened at Canadian film festival last yeah. year, right around this time last year, actually. Um, it premiered at Whistler Film Festival a little bit before that. It's called Becoming Burlesque. Mm. And so it's a story um, about our about a Muslim girl finding burlesque and finding this world and getting enthralled and encapsulated in it. I met the writer of that. Yeah, I Jackie. Yeah, yeah. She was a guest on, a, on a, a talk show that I was helping with. Oh, that's really cool. That's so funny. Yeah. Very small good world. Very small world. Very good friend of mine. So that was it was really cool to do that as well. Um and that's a super like something I'm so proud of was that movie, um, and so that was really cool. So that was like my first official film thing. Yeah. And then doing what we do in the shadows was like the first big official credit. Yeah, but so it's cool, cool to have those two big things under your belt because it yeah. shows a little bit of a range, right? Exactly. And so you know, yes, my training was as a dancer, but I can expand into this as well. Yeah. And it takes a lot of work as well. It takes a lot of work to do filming, like a lot of training and a lot of hard work. Yeah. But, you know, the more skills you give yourself, the yeah. more chances you have to make a career yeah. at this. I think the so. big thing is, is like with, um, I think this is going to be the, one of our last points, but like with theater and with like modeling, all that kind of stuff, you it's not an, like you actually the more skills you build the more opportunities you have and the more successful you can be when you are in more Absolutely. like the production side of it you end up stretching yourself too thin because mm -hmm. you have to kind of pick a stream and stick with it oh i i absolutely that happens as a performer as well trust yeah. you know i i feel really bad i was supposed to be in this um I was supposed to be in this viewing that's happening on Wednesday of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but I, I couldn't. I stretched myself too thin. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just 
you know, I had to work yesterday. I have to work tomorrow night. And, you know, because even though I have all these skills as a performer, I still have to work at a restaurant to pay my bills. So I'm, so, more, I'm more saying on the line yeah. of like you actually lose a job ah. if your resume is a bunch of different things. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so in, I didn't know that. Yeah. So like in, <laughs> say, for instance, like if I have on my resume like motion graphics, um, like uh, videographer, editor and all these are separate projects. People don't see the um, the, there's like a strength there. You don't right. have all those jobs attached to one specific skill. We're in theater and we're in modeling and all these other things. You're seeing all these things. It's like, oh, these will all help you do whatever you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's really yeah. interesting that in theater, you're not having that same stress of like, pick a lane no you don't pick a oh, lane. oh no you're driving across everywhere yeah if you pick a lane honey there might not be a road to go down no it, you know that that dirt road might turn into a tree real quick yeah um <laughs> you know it's uh yeah because the more skills you have as a performer the better yeah and you know i in i even still feel like there's so many skills out there that i don't have yeah exactly. you know i can't do there are people out there do musical theater that have tumbling tricks and you know whenever you go it is one of the most horrifying moments in a dance audition i hope you never have to experience this okay when you're at an audition at audition at a dance audition everybody's in the room and then the choreographer asks that dreaded question does anybody have tricks like tumbling does act. anyone have tricks Did anyone, is that yes. a real thing that is i promise you that has happened at 99 percent of dance auditions and that's the I way they to. say it i mean not like the ominous weird way i just said it do but like, you have the tricks do you have any tricks but like that's what it feels like in your mind yeah. when you don't have any tricks you just feel like a shitty dancer and like everything you've ever done for the last hundred years doesn't matter because you can't do an aerial you're just looking in like, the mirror and you're like oh man and, and of course one tiny chick who's already been perfect in this whole process Decides to go, yes, I do. You know, I have aerials and front handsprings, back handsprings, walkovers, layouts. And you're like, fuck you, bitch. Like, you you already did a triple and landed in the splits. Like, fuck off. You know? And where I, like, stumbled over my foot on a walking, on while walking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, of course, it, it, like, that always happens every time. And, like, yeah, you instantly get this dread of, like, Oh God, I don't have any tricks. Oh, I'm such a useless performer. I don't have tricks. I can't do a back handspring. I'm never going to be a performer in my yeah. life. And like, obviously that's not true. Yeah. Obviously I still have value as a performer, even though I can't do a back handspring. Um, but that's, yeah. So there, there you go. You, the most skills you have, the better yeah. because there's still skills I don't have. And I probably will never be able to back do a back handspring in my life. Yeah. So rack up them skills. But, I would put dollars donuts. I could probably act better than the person that can do a back handspring. <laughs> like, no tea, no shade. Yeah. But I can, a little bit of shade. I hope, I hope that all the training that they spent doing a bad handspring, I did just as much training acting. Yeah. I hope, so I hope that, you know. Yeah. You just hope that you have enough skills. Yeah, exactly. So you, you load on the skills, Load basically. on the skills. Load on the skills. <laughs> as a performer, apparently not as a technician, though. Well, it's just, it's, I think the thing is, is like, you kind of want to, you, you want to develop a, like it's like developing almost like a demo reel. If you have like yeah. six different demo reels of different things, you kind of like you don't seem as reliable. But when it's like in in musical theater, there's so many different skills that go into the same thing. Oh yeah. I think the thing is is there's a lot more variety when it comes to being 
technical mm-hmm. than when it comes to the arts. Like they're very they're more transferable in, yeah. the, in, in theater. And I think there's there's just probably more to specialize in. Yep. You know, and there's always, you know, if you go down one technical route, you can get really, really into the intricacies of it. Yeah. And the better you are at that, the more proficient. Yeah. And therefore well paid and more jobs will come along with that. You know, if if you can do a back handspring, you can sort of do a back handspring and and that's the end of the sentence. Yeah. You know, there isn't like the minutiae. There isn't like the detail-oriented backhand spring. You do it or you don't. You you either do it or you don't. Exactly. Yeah. And so like if you do it, great. If you don't, also great. It's like if you you, know? can, you can act and that could be your route and you could never sing a day in your life. But again, you're not going to be going for musical theater auditions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Well, yeah. that's all of our time. I'm glad Amazing. that we had such a great time. Me too. Uh, hire Aiden. She's hire great. Hire Aiden. She yeah, yells please. at you, but in the best way. Yeah. So I'm really loud. I'm sorry if I ever yelled in this microphone. Oh no! And I it's blew anybody's eardrums out. So much. So I'm much so editing. Sorry. It's great. No, I'm it's so, so sorry. I yell a lot, it's but fine. I'm because I get excited about yeah, things. Yeah. I'm excited too. I Which should is be positive. Yelling. Yeah. I'll, it'll be a lot of. There'll be a lot of. Excitement yelling. is always positive. Yeah. So. Hey guys. Uh, the intro for this show was recorded by Isaac Teague. You can check him out on YouTube under the name Isaac Teague. See you on the next episode.